Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Michelle Leslie. And I'm Amy Spreeman. And tonight, we want to welcome you to what we hope will become a recurring feature here on the podcast, just like Glad You Asked or The Pew. We're calling this one Talk Back. And if you've ever heard one of our friend Chris Roseborough's sermon reviews over on his Fighting for the Faith podcast, or if you've enjoyed our Hit the Bar episode with the Kozars a while back, our Talk Back episodes are going to be very similar. We're going to listen to a, a sermon, or a podcast or other audio from a well-known pastor or teacher, and then we're going to break in with our commentary as we compare the teaching with the Word of God. That's right. And these episodes will be mostly unscripted and spontaneous because, well, to tell you the truth, when I started listening to tonight's video and writing a script for it, I had like three full pages of notes (laughs) on the first five minutes of the video. And at that rate, this episode would take like a week in podcast years. So sorry to our listeners who like to read our scripts, but if you want to read this and future episodes of Talk Back, you'll probably have to head over to our YouTube channel and read the captions. Very good idea. Well, we anticipate that there might be some questions about why we would review and critique someone else's audio material. I, I can assure you, ladies, and, and those of you who've been with us for a while know this, we are definitely not trying to uh, rip on these teachers or slander them personally. No, no. Uh, so Some of these folks, I'm sure, are very nice human beings, and we don't want to ever do this with a so-called critical spirit. We're not nitpicking for sure. The goal here is to help you to learn and listen with a discerning ear and to think critically and biblically about what comes into your earbuds and lands in your heart and your mind. We want to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus and not be deceived. That's right. So let's get this first episode of Talk Back kicked off. And we are going to be commenting on some things that Lisa Turkurse said in the October 27th, 2022 episode of her YouTube podcast called Therapy and Theology. Now, if you don't know who Lisa Turkurse is, uh, you might recognize the name of the ministry she's best known for, which is called Proverbs 31, which is sort of a... um, She does all kinds of things. She does speaking and blogging and writing books. And uh, she does, I think, a couple of different podcasts, maybe, uh, including this one. And she just does a whole lot of stuff. So um, so that's who Lisa Turkhurst is. And we are going to um, look at some things that she said tonight uh, and uh, and comment on those things. And her podcast is called Therapy and Theology, and I really want to talk about this therapy fad that's become so prevalent among big-name evangelicals these days, but we will save that topic mm-hmm. for another episode because that's a bunch to get into. But this particular episode of Lisa's podcast was titled Commonly Debated and Misunderstood Bible Verses About Women. And that sounds more like theology than therapy to me. What about you, Amy? It does. And as we're going to see, uh, this episode of Lisa's podcast is appropriately titled because she uh, commonly debates and misunderstands uh, Bible verses about women. Lisa co-hosts the Therapy and Theology podcast with two men, one of whom is referred to in the video description as Lisa's uh, licensed professional counselor. 
The other gentleman is the director of theology at Lisa's Proverbs 31 Ministries organization. Now, you won't hear from them much tonight because we're going to just focus on some sound clips of what Lisa has to say. Uh, the podcast itself is 45 minutes long, uh, way too long for us to listen and comment on the entire thing. Uh, but we've decided that we're going to select several excerpts from the episodes to respond to. And of course, we're going to put the link to the entire episode episode uh, in the show notes so that you can listen in context. That's very important to do. All right. So ready, everybody? Here we go. The verse is this, 1 Timothy 2.12. I do not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Mm. Okay, Joel, I have a story that I'm going to share. But before we get to my story, I would like for you just to pre-tackle that verse. I thought you were going to say to pray. <laughs> Lord knows we need it. Yeah, we, we pray before set. Uh, pre-tackle the verse. Okay, so Joel goes on to pre-tackle that verse, uh, not by explaining what it means, but by talking about how we need to approach it humbly and not weaponize it and uh, saying that scholars have debated it for years and all sorts of things like that. Sort of a, a preemptive strike against anyone like Amy and me who might come along and say that they're mishandling scripture, which they're about to. But Amy, there was something in that brief little clip that jumped out at me as a huge red flag, and I'm wondering if it caught your attention too. Well, it did. And I, I think we're probably going to say the same thing is, uh, she's going to be telling a story. And, uh, so instead of jumping right to scripture, we're going to do that. And then, uh, we sort of tackle, uh, you know, as the gentleman that you just heard, uh, uh we're sort of tackling some things. And I, I'm just wondering, uh, when we're going to get to scripture, because this is important that when, when we bring our stories and our personal opinions into things, it, it really isn't discernment. It really isn't teaching scripture, is it? That's right. And, you know, one of the, the things that was just amazing to me is that when when Joel finishes what he's saying, you know, about pre-tackling this verse, she goes through this whole spiel about how she's a serious student of the Bible, and she doesn't want to bring in personal opinions and things like this. And then the very first thing she says in talking about this passage is, I'm going to open up with some personal experience, which is really the foundational problem with Lisa's entire theology. When you're a serious student of the Bible, you start with what the Bible says, not with your personal experience. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and listen to our next sound clip here, and uh, we'll find out exactly what uh, what happens next. So... Um my personal story with this is because I am a serious Bible student. When I read this verse, um, and give me the reference one more time, it's first, first Corinthians 2.12. When I read this verse, um, I didn't know what to do about it because I have felt so very called by God to teach God's word. And my primary focus is teaching to women. Um, and yet sometimes I'm in positions and in circumstances and situations where there are men there. And I believe that men can get a lot from my teaching as well. I don't 
understand um, why the anatomy of my body should dictate the value of my words. Mm -hmm. And yet, if God told me clearly not to speak, I would absolutely be obedient to what the Lord says and what the Word says. Okay, Michelle. Well, <laughs> that was interesting. So mm. her anatomy. Yeah, I I know that we both have some thoughts to share about that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me was, at first, she didn't even uh, recall the Bible verse that she had just that they had just read. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a key thing that she's responding to. So um, that was a little strange. And then she talked about how she didn't understand why her own anatomy would dictate uh, what she could and couldn't say and, and do and to whom. It's not her anatomy that's dictating anything. It's God's word, uh, which she had seemed to have forgotten gotten. So what did you think? Yeah, I noticed that too, that she she couldn't remember that it was in First Timothy. She thought it was in First Corinthians. So, mm. you know, I guess not everybody has that verse memorized. Maybe she doesn't. But, uh, you know, you and I work with it a lot. So we, you know, we've got it memorized and know where the where it's located and everything. But yeah, that did jump out at me too. Um, I just, oh my goodness, she said, when I read this verse, I didn't know what to do about it because I felt so very called by God, blah, blah, blah. When you read a verse in scripture, that's a command and it's, you're rightly handling it in, in context and in the right testament and all of that stuff. Um, what you do when you read it is you obey it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not like you debate it. It's not like you try and figure out how to get around it or whatever. You, you obey it. You do what it says to do. And that's what she should have done. And she's really just, she's putting her feelings and her so-called personal experiences over scripture. You notice she, you know, yes. I felt so called by God. So I didn't know what to do with this scripture. No, she's got it backwards. You read the scripture, you obey it. And then you, you know, your feelings and your experiences align with scripture. And then um, another yeah. another thing that jumped out at me is that she she apparently didn't read this verse or didn't come across this verse or something like that until she already had a teaching ministry. And that's backwards, too. I mean, before you start a ministry, you need to have all your theological ducks in a row. I mean, not that we're all going to understand everything, but this is really basic for a woman who's going to have some sort of ministry. Um. You know, did you have any other thoughts on that? I I had a few other things, but I don't want to just run the well, conversation. <laughs> no, no. It, when we talk about women's ministry um, and teaching ministries, personal feelings, experiences, and emotionalism has always been very huge in uh, more recent Bible studies. And and I put bunny ears around Bible studies because a lot of them are stories. And I've been in quite a few of them before where, um, you know, it's a book study and you're reading along and you've gotten to so much uh, junk in the trunk or whatever they're talking about or their, <laughs> their mess and how they felt like moved to tears over certain things. And we never get to learning about um, biblical context and what it means and what the Bible says and, you know, prescriptive and descriptive verses. And those are so important for women. And mm -hmm. then the other thing is when, you know, she's she's hearing from God, but what she's allegedly hearing from God is is contradicting what God actually says in mm -hmm. his word. So that's a very, um, that's a red flag. 
Yeah. And, you know, just like you're saying, I thought it was amazing when she said, if the Lord told me clearly not to speak, I would be absolutely obedient to what the Lord says. The Lord did tell you clearly not to teach men, not not to speak. This is a problem with a lot of these uh, women like Lisa that, you know, want to have their cake and eat it, too, as far as teaching men. They sort of say that if they can't teach men, that's that's silencing them. And she uses that phraseology all through this video about how women are silenced. There's there's a, a line of delineation there. Women are not being silenced. They're just being told by scripture that they can't teach men. There's plenty right. of opportunity to teach women, to teach children, to do all kinds of things. And that's not silencing you if you just by virtue of the fact that you can't teach men. I, I absolutely agree with you, Michelle. And there's a huge difference between teaching a man and proclaiming truth to him through the gospel. You know, there are a lot of unsaved men right. and women and um, preaching and proclaiming are two very different things. So just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, I did want to address one other thing she said. She She said something like, sometimes I'm in situations where there are men there, like, she has no control over that. Like that's just thrust upon her. Ladies, let me explain something to you. I speak at conferences too. Okay. And the conferences I speak at are women's conferences because I put it out there in my information that I only speak to audiences of women. If you do that and then, or also when you are finding out about the speaking engagement that, that someone in, is inviting you to, you find out whether there are going to be men there or not. And she has preached in Sunday morning worship services. She knows that there are going to be men there. All she has to do is say no. Okay. It's, it's not like this is thrust upon you. I spoke at a, um, at a, for a women's breakout session for a co-ed conference one time. And, um, at the beginning of my, session for which was supposed to be for only women, a couple of men walked in and they just, you know, they didn't know any better. They were perfectly nice guys. They weren't trying to to do anything wrong or anything like that. They just, you know, they thought they could be in there. And so when they walked in and sat down, I just very kindly and politely said, guys, I really appreciate that you want to be here, but this is a, a session only for women and I don't teach men. Would you, you know, maybe you would like to go to this other session that's down the hall that's for men or something like that. So mm-hmm. there's a perfectly nice way and a perfectly fine way that you can not teach men, even if men show up where they're not supposed to show up, which is not the case <laughs> yeah. in her situation. You know, she knows that there are going to be men there and she accepts those speech speaking engagements, knowing that she's going to be speaking to men. So she's not a, an innocent little bystander in this, this situation. All she has to do is turn down speaking engagements where she knows there are going to be men there, like in the Sunday morning worship service. So amen. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Now, I want to note before we go on to the next clip that there's a part of the podcast that we're skipping for the sake of time. You can tell this is already going to go long because <laughs> I can't stop talking. Uh, but we're, we're skipping this part where Lisa talks about a woman who had been writing about her and warning people against her and a phone call that they had had where this woman apparently did her best to rebuke Lisa over her sin of preaching to men. And one of my followers thought that that woman that she was talking about about that Lisa was talking about was me. 
which is how I became aware of this video in the first place. No, that was not me, but I do know about that situation because the the woman that Lisa is referring to, and I'm afraid I don't remember the woman's name because it's been several years ago. But anyway, that woman contacted me privately for some advice before the phone call was to take place. So mystery solved. No, she's not talking about me. Oh, that's good. All right. right. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. It would be fine if she was talking about me, but I just, I figured a lot of people might listen to that and wonder yeah. if it was me because they know I've written an article about her. So, well, and, and, you know, maybe that's a good assumption because you have an excellent article on uh, your website from several years back. I believe it's called Leaving Lisa. And um, right. it's it's one of those articles that's very heavily researched, lots of links. And of course, we're going to have that uh, in our show notes today. Leaving Lisa, I believe is what it's called. And uh, Michelle, you did a great job researching that and just really comparing, not to be snarky or anything, but just really comparing what she says uh, to scripture. Well, thank you so much. Okay, next clip. This is Lisa telling about how sad she was after that phone call that I was just telling you about with the with the lady who was rightly rebuking her. So let's listen to that. So um, the conversation ended and I cried. Um, I wasn't crying because I felt like I was doing something wrong. I cried because two Christian sisters couldn't come together who both love the Lord, who both hold to the same tenets of the faith, and yet a couple of verses in the Bible were making such an opportunity for the enemy to get in between us and cause such division and so much hurt and pain. So I just asked the Lord, am I wrong? And I want to be careful here. I don't know that God spoke to me in this moment, and I want to always be careful not to assign something to God that maybe just popped in my own head. So this could be what popped in my own head, and maybe it wasn't from God at all. But what I was just sort of overwhelmed with this response, like, am I wrong on this? Should I be silent? Should I stop preaching and teaching um, God's word? And what I heard was, you're both right. Hmm. The one who is supposed to speak and teach and preach is doing that. And the one who is supposed to stay Silent is doing that. So you're both right. Yeah. Amy, what's your reaction to that? Well, Michelle, you know, God's word does say, I'm going to go to uh, Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And she talks about how scripture um, divides, but really what's happening is that, um, divisiveness, or some people say divisiveness, comes from, um, people who teach other than what God's word actually says. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in Romans 16, 17 says, I appeal to you, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been right. taught, avoid them. And so we know where divisions come from. Um, God's word tells you how to divide rightly, uh, you know, between truth and not truth, almost truth, which is a lie. Uh, but we know where divisions come from. And so I, I just, I found that very interesting that she says, you know, well, we're both right. 
Uh, you know, when you when you're talking about discerning God's word, there's really only one right, and and we need to align around God's word. We don't let God's word tell us which one of us is, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, or we're both right in some some kind of nuanced way. Uh, anyway, that that was the first thing that jumped out. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, on that you're both right thing, that's ridiculous. They can't both be right. I mean, right. either preaching to men is a sin or it's not. And God does not contradict himself. First Timothy 2.12 doesn't have some sort of disclaimer pasted above it that says, this verse is for the woman who's supposed to stay silent, not for the woman who's supposed to speak and teach and preach. This is this self-proclaimed serious student of the Bible. I don't think so. Um, and then I was just, I was just floored by her remarks that, you know, these verses, she said a couple of verses in the Bible were making such an opportunity for the enemy to get in between us and cause division. She said that about God's holy word. And like you said, the Bible isn't at fault here. Lisa's rebellion is. That's yeah. why the enemy got between them, because the other woman was standing with the Bible and Lisa is standing against the Bible. False teachers, like you just like you just said, false teachers, their rebellion, the, that is what is causing division, not the people who are standing on God's word and biblically rebuking sin. And, you know, and then just all of this um extra biblical revelation again you know she she goes into this whole bit about how she heard in her, her heart or whatever so why is she listening to it when she's got clear scripture right there in front of it she is trusting her extra biblical revelation personal subjective experience over plain black and white scripture she's yeah. got god's word and god's decision on this right there in front of her and she's trusting voices that she's hearing in her head. And the vo- those voices are contradicting scripture. And so we know that they're not from God. So, you know. Yeah. And, and for a teacher to say, um, I'm not sure uh, whether or not this is from God or this impression that I had could have been, you know, me or my own flesh or it could have been God actually speaking to me. Uh, however, that goes. A, a teacher should not be right. saying that. A teacher should only be teaching God's word in and out of season and to the uh, appropriate right. audiences. Exactly. All right. Well, let's go on to our next clip. So, Jim, you see so many women in your office um, because you deal with partner trauma and um, the work you do is so significant. How how many times does the public silencing of a woman play into the overall hurt that she has experienced and um, Hmm. and complicate the healing that she needs? Well, these, again, are conversations that even the three of us have had, you and I certainly have had, that not in a particular order. A big one is, well, yeah, whatever he's done, fine. You just need to forgive him and quick. Secondly would be, uh, and again, we talked on this on one to two podcasts ago here, that you, know, you ought not about even out with a Christian counselor, 
you ought not be out there telling you stuff of your bedroom or telling stuff that's private. So you need to keep that. You, you don't betray him or don't go into a counselor even and tell what you're struggling with, ma'am, uh, if your husband doesn't approve of it. And there are men, and I've seen wives too, saying, I don't want my husband to go into counseling. It's about secret keeping. So it's as though there is this pull back of simply telling the narrative, simply going in, naming, not blaming, and saying, here is what's going on. And then we've talked about the spiritual abuse side, which I do call it that too. If there's a sense of weaponizing God's word and almost taking these passages that we just went through and saying, you should not even speak in public to a counselor. You know, don't tell that. That's private. All right, Michelle. Well, we heard that clip. What did you think? What were your impressions? (laughs) Wow. I mean, this is serpent in the garden, deceptive and evil. I mean, I know she's she's pretty and soft-spoken. I know she sounds just as nice and quote-unquote loving as she could possibly be. And that's how she's able to deceive people. Listen to that phrase, the public silencing of women. Really think about that phrase for a moment. She's making it sound like God's loving, kind, perfect, holy instructions for women in the church is akin to women being dragged off to a concentration camp. I mean, Mm -hmm. she uses words like trauma and hurt and healing as though God's good command is abusive, like you've been beaten to a bloody pulp by it. That is evil to make God's word sound that way. And then also notice how this this passage of scripture is being twisted. They're initially talking about 1 Timothy 2.12. That's what they're on when Lisa transitions to the, the therapist. And that passage of scripture prohibits women from pastoring, preaching to men, teaching the scriptures to men, and exercising authority over men in the gathering of the church. And then this therapist starts talking about marriage counseling, like that's the same thing as 1 Timothy 2.12. He even says something like speaking in public to a counselor. That is not speaking in public. That is speaking privately to a counselor. They're two different things. Marriage counseling has nothing to do with the scriptures that prohibit women from publicly teaching men Really, be careful about the people you allow to influence you. This is Lisa's therapist that she sees on whatever regular basis she sees him on. And he doesn't even know the difference between public preaching and teaching in the church and a private conversation in counseling. What did you think, Amy? Well, and I, I picked up on, on those and a few couple other things, too, that I thought of, Michelle. Um, uh, for, we're, we're not actually even talking about marriage counseling. It's partner trauma, which I'm not quite sure what partner trauma is. But mm-hmm. uh, but let's say that there is something abusive going on in a marriage. Um, and she's talking about, uh, you know, being silenced when somebody counsels you to forgive your spouse for some sin that he has had against you. Um, to forgive them is um, actually you know, stop talking, I'm silencing you. I, I don't think that's a, a biblical take because when we talk about, you know, the Titus 2 woman and how she is to teach what is good and to uh, help women understand biblical truth and to understand how to relate to your husband in the home, how to keep a home, how to uh, work on those relationships, you're supposed to be able to come alongside a woman in, in those types of things and biblically counsel her. And forgiveness, I, 
want to tell you, ladies, forgiveness is part of it. We are to forgive. Um, the other thing is on silencing women by using the Bible as a weapon is what this gentleman was saying. Uh, how can you use the Bible as a weapon when God's word is good? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I suppose you could twist it and use the Bible as a weapon, but that's not what counselors are supposed right. to be doing. And I'm not quite sure what all of this has to do with First uh, Timothy. So, uh, you know, that, that verse 212 has, is really has nothing to do with trauma, partner trauma, um, clobbering right. people with forgiveness versus or silencing women. I'm just not quite making that connection. Well, I think that's part of the deception that's going on. I'm, I'm, I don't think they probably, uh, on a human level, intended for that to happen, but they're conflating um, they're talking about all this as though it's all sort of stirred into the same pot. You know, they're conflating oh. these trauma issues and counseling issues with preaching and teaching in public in the church. And that's where, you know, a lot of people are just there on the one hand, they're hearing preaching and teaching and how women aren't allowed to do that. And on the other, in the other ear, they're hearing trauma and abuse and silencing women. And so they're going to connect those two things that are not connected and have nothing to do with one of one another in on an emotional sort of level, because they hear these, these triggering words, you know, like, like mm-hmm. I was saying, trauma and all that. And they're, they're emotionally and mentally connecting those emotions of horror at trauma and abuse and things like that. And they're connecting that with, uh, women being prohibited from preaching and teaching in the church. That is the lie of deception that Satan speaks. And unfortunately, he uses people to do it a lot of times and he's using these people here. You know, I'm sure none of them are consciously trying to say ungodly things and really twist God's scriptures and warp people's perception of God's word and things like that. But that is what is ending up happening because of the way they're handling this. So. And we sure do see that a lot, Michelle, uh, with uh, women who are uh, talking a lot about abuse and um, talking about how, well, you know, it, it's abusive to not allow right. a woman to speak or preach. So, uh, you know, we've seen that just in the past couple of years with uh, women who used to be very solid in the word who have kind of fallen into uh, a feminist bent. And it, it's very strange how we're conflating um, the, the whole idea of abuse with uh, teaching to men. It's very yes. strange. To yeah. Me. So that's really something that our listeners should be on the lookout for. If you're hearing somebody talk about the prohibition against women teaching and, and preaching in the church in scripture, and they're bringing in ideas about abuse and, and stuff like that, that's a huge red yeah. flag. And that's not somebody who's handling God's word correctly and not someone you should be listening to. All righty. Next clip. Here we go. And sometimes when we hit upon verses that are so challenging and there are many different interpretations and and convictions that people have after reading these verses, I like to say, well, let's go look at the Word made flesh. Mm. Let's go look at the Jesus context. And when we go to the Jesus context, Jesus very much was aware of God's desire. Jesus was very aware. And so how did Jesus operate with women? How did he 
handle ministry with women? And do we find cases where Jesus silenced the women? And if so, then why? But in many cases, if not, then why? And when I started doing that, I started to recognize, like we said in the very first session of of this series, um, or the first episode of this series, I started to recognize that it's important to bring the value of a woman and how Jesus valued the woman into this consideration. Mm-hmm. And I ended the episode one of the series by saying, what if the Samaritan woman had been silenced? Mm. And why would we ever want her to be? What if Martha, who was the first person that Jesus in the book of John, that, that Jesus reveals, I am the resurrection and the life. What if she had stayed silent? And why would we ever want her to be? Hmm. And if the women at the tomb, what if they had stayed silent? And why would we ever want them to be? I think looking at the life of Jesus, it's important to also factor that in here. Yeah. All right. What do you think about that, Amy? Oh, so many thoughts, Michelle. Um you know, she she asks that that question. Did Jesus silence women? Mm-hmm. Well, and and the answer is, um, what do you mean by silence, Lisa? Because Jesus loved women. Of course, he did. He values women. He he loves women. But he's also the author of life. He's he's the author of of the word. So God Himself. He, he's he's part of the Trinity. So does he ever contradict God the Father? Does he ever contradict uh, the Holy Spirit? No, he does not. They all work together in in perfect harmony. Right. That's the Trinity. And uh, it, it just floors me that she would ask a question like that because that's something that the enemy of our souls does. He asks these questions. You know, did God really? say. And that to me is very deceptive. And I, I uh, my heart broke when I heard mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, it really bothers me a lot too, because you're right. What she's doing is she's pitting Jesus against scripture. Um, did, did Jesus silence women? I've, and I think the whole idea that she's trying to get us to believe is that it's not that the Bible uh, says that women can't preach and, and pastor and all that. It's that these mean old, uh, Pharisee Christians are the ones who are saying that women can't preach and teach. And so she's trying to set it up as Jesus versus these mean old Pharisee Christians who are just robbing women of all their fun and joy and gifts and whatever. Yeah. But what she's really doing is she's pitting Jesus against against his word, you know, the word that he breathed out because it is scripture, not other Christians who have come up, who came up with the idea that, uh, that women are not to, to pastor and preach and teach and, and whatnot. So she's pitting Jesus against scripture. That is really problematic. It is, Michelle. And then, you know, when she cites the, the women in scripture, the, the ones yes. that Jesus had a, a personal contact with, the woman at the well, uh, one of my favorite uh, passages, the women at Jesus's tomb, uh, Martha at the resurrection of Lazarus. And these are all examples of 
preaching and pastoring, she says. And actually, remember what I we talked about at the beginning of the program? They were all proclaiming. They weren't pastoring. They didn't have a church. They didn't mm-hmm. have authority over men. Um, they were proclaiming the truth. And that is a huge difference. And so, Michelle, you're the woman at the well. Come, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? I just love that. And we are to do that too. Come and come and hear the good news. Do you guys know who Jesus is? You know, that that's perfectly fine for women to do. This is evangelism and, and we're to right. evangelize. Men and women are. So yeah, I I, I just um for a teacher to do that, uh, uh, I was very disturbed by that. Yeah, me too. And then, you know, the same thing with the women at the tomb. They were yes. commissioned by the angel to go tell the disciples two things. Number one, that he had risen from the dead. And number two, he's going before you into Galilee and there you will see him. That's not preaching. That's eyewitness testimony and carrying yes. a message to the disciples in private. That's not preaching in the context of the church. And then I don't know what in the world she could possibly be talking about with Martha at Lazarus's resurrection. I mean, I read when she mentioned that I went back and read John 11, like two or three times trying to see anything I could have possibly missed where Martha or even Mary, if she misspoke and meant Mary instead of Martha, had said something publicly at Lazarus's resurrection. And and neither one of them did. I mean, yeah, they no, just they had there. a few private conversations with Jesus. That's it. They never stood up and said anything publicly to anybody, men or women. Um, you just cannot stretch that passage far enough without it breaking all over the place to try to make that story say that those women were speaking publicly to anyone about anything, much less preaching in the church to men. It's crazy. Right. And by saying, can you imagine if these ne- these women, you know, as a group had never spoken up? Can you imagine if they were silenced? You know, we wouldn't want that. It almost as if to say, stop silencing women. Jesus never silenced them. You Pharisees must stop silencing women. That to me says, you know, she's throwing First Timothy 2.12 out on its ear. Yeah, she really is. And, you know, I'll remind our listeners that in our recent episodes on hospitality, we talked about descriptive and prescriptive passages. And all of those, the stories of all those women that she mentioned, those are descriptive passages. And she's using those, those descriptive passages about how Jesus related to women, which are very sparse and contain very little direct information about how Jesus actually treated women. She's using those to override the prescriptive passages or clear-cut commands about the role of women in the church. That's like saying that because we see Jesus being kind to the woman at the well, he must have approved of her five marriages and divorces and shacking up with number six, even though there are multiple commands against adultery and divorce. So, you know, this whole thing, it's just, it's just, oh, there are so many things wrong with it. I just don't even know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. And if if you listen to the whole entire video, ladies, and we encourage you to do that, um, the whole entire YouTube video, you'll get even more of that sense of, wait, what? Uh, You know, so, yeah. um, So do listen, as our friend Chris Roseboro says, do listen, not with an open mind, but with an open Bible on your lap, make sure you're reading it along. So. Yes. Right. And you know what, Amy, let me throw in something else sure. here. I, I, I kind of discovered this when I was listening to these clips to pick out some clips for us to respond to. 
I noticed that if I watched the video and, and was trying to listen to her and watch her at the same time, I missed a lot more stuff than if I was just listening to oh, it. Okay. And, and I've told people, I've told people this about, um, uh, when they're trying to discern if a certain song is doctrinally mm. sound or not, I always tell them, just read the words. Don't listen to it with the music on because that is, it's, it's distracting to the pure, uh, meat of what you're actually trying to get at. So you might want to try that, ladies. Try watching and listening and then just try listening to the video and see how much more you get because, you know, watching her and watching, you know, her talking to these other men, looking at the set, looking at her, you know, her beautiful hair and makeup. And she's a gorgeous woman. And looking at how well she's dressed and everything, you may not realize it, but that kind of stuff is drawing you in and it's distracting you from the content of what she's saying. Mm. I was so surprised at how it did that for me. So you might want to try that. You know, so. Michelle, you bring up such a good point. Um, I, and I've done this before, uh, with, uh, preaching, uh, where if you have a, a preacher, maybe it's Word of Faith or the New Apostolic Reformation or, or any of those other movements, and you, you watch a video on a sermon of somebody who you know is a, a false teacher, but if you're watching the video, they seem very kind and passionate, and sometimes right. there's soft music in the background. But if you can watch on YouTube and just click that little CC, or uh, closed captioning and, and just read the script without any of the motion, any of the uh, body language, the kind facial expressions, the eyes, you know, so easily we can, you know, think, well, they seem nice. Uh, they seem very godly. And, and maybe right. what they're saying is true. Whereas if you just read the words in the closed captioning, such a great tool that uh, technology gives us today. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, here is our final clip of this episode. So let's take a listen. So as we close today, I just want to say, please don't take this podcast and start forwarding it to all of the pastors, you know, that you think need to be righted on this or all of your family members that, you know, have a different view on these verses. And, you know, this isn't meant to prove any kind of a point. It's meant to open up the conversation and the dialogue and to have the humility to say, I want to bring some theological wisdom into this conversation. So thank you, Joel, for providing us mm. with theological wisdom that we may or may not have ac had access to um, without you sharing it. And so I think it's important. And as we wrap up today, I just want to say to anyone listening, male or female, you are valuable because God says you are valuable. And if there's places that we get this wrong, then we'll have to answer to God for that. But here's my thought, my closing parting thought. I would rather stand before the Lord and have him tell me I was too eager to share hmm. than to stand before the Lord and have him say, why didn't you share? All right, Michelle, uh, what caught your ear when you heard that? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, what I'm thinking right now is if we had just if we had tried to do the entire 45 minute podcast. Yeah, we'd, we'd oh, still, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah, she just can't. I mean, that was a 35 second clip and she can't go 35 seconds without saying something. This, You know what? She said this isn't meant to prove any kind of point. Hmm. Are you kidding me? Why do the podcast then? 
You know, that that is a bold-faced lie. They just spent 45 minutes arguing the ungodly, egalitarian perspective, slandering the character of Christians who rightly handle these passages about the role of, of women in the church as saying, you know, that we're weaponizing these passages and we're silencing women and we're contributing to the abuse of women. Of course, they're trying to prove a point. They're desperate to prove a point. But I will agree with Lisa about one thing that she said. Don't share that episode of, of her podcast around unless uh, you want people to be deceived, that is. What oh, about you, Amy? Well, when I heard her say, don't share the podcast, it was almost, it, to me, it, it was sounded like a little bit of a warning. Like, please don't share this podcast with people who might um, argue with you or, heaven forbid, bring some um, biblical discernment into it. I, I think she didn't want to do this for the controversy that it might cause. So, yeah, she was probably not wanting people to share it with uh, people like us, I guess, who would compare it to scripture. Um, the other thing, I'm just doing this to open a conversation, to have a dialogue. Do you remember uh, back in the day, boy, this must have been about 15 years ago when uh, people first started talking about the emergent church movement where yes. um, there really is no truth. There, you know, it, it's all, you know, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And, you know, you have yours and I have mine. And there really isn't an absolute truth, though. We're just going going to have a conversation. And that, if you've never heard of the emergent church uh, before, ladies, well, um, Lord bless you. <laughs> so, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna blow your mind. I've got some. Uh, I've got a white paper on the uh, emergent church and what that was all about. It's sort of ended, but morphed into some other things. And uh, you can take it. We'll we'll put that in the show notes. But yeah, just having a conversation without any kind of uh, right and wrong, uh, biblical absolute truth, because God's word is absolute truth. And uh, that's what the emergent church movement anyway did. It, it took away from um, the authority of scripture and. And uh, we want to get women back to that. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a, I mean, the, the emergent people, you could almost believe them when they, they were, they would say in this hippie like way, you know, oh, we just want to have a conversation. But yeah. you can't believe that when, when Lisa says that here, she says something about, um, we just want to be humble and have people speak, you know, sure. spiritual wisdom into this. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. She's had people speak spiritual wisdom into this and tell her that she is sinning and rebuke her for her sin. She had this big, long conversation with this lady on the phone and she didn't want to hear it. Yeah. She wants, she is trying to prove some kind of a point or, you know, if she wanted to have actually a conversation, she could have had pe doctrinally sound people on this episode explaining to her where she's going wrong in this and explaining to her what scripture actually says. But she doesn't want to hear that. She doesn't want to be humble and listen and have a conversation. She wants to believe that it's okay for her to preach to men because that's what she wants to do. Yeah. And, and it certainly did open the door as I was listening to that for all sorts of doubt to creep in. And, and you know, right. when, when you've got new young ladies, uh, young Christian women, maybe who uh, aren't uh, as far along in their uh, discernment journey, uh, then that's really dangerous. And she's leading a lot of people into uh, doubt of the authority of scripture. And um, I, I just, uh, I shudder to think what will happen because teachers are held to uh, a much 
much higher uh, accountability, you know, a- according right. to Jesus, according to the Lord. And so uh, I, I just, um, I, I pray that she does repent and uh, that her followers at least will uh, understand and, and be able to just listen to what she says uh, with uh, scripture in mind and, and just that the Holy Spirit would open their eyes to uh, what his word really says versus what they're hearing uh, in our, in their earbuds. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, ladies, that's going to do it for this episode of Talk Back on A Word Fitly Spoken. What did you think? Did it help you learn to identify deception, to be a better Berean, somebody who looks up scripture uh, rather than take people's word for it, as it says in Acts 17.11? Well, head on over to our social media pages and give us some feedback on uh, on the posts for this episode. And check out the show notes as well. And if you uh, like, you can suggest another video for our next Talk Back episode. That's right. And don't forget to visit our website, awordfitlyspoken.life, where you can check out all of our valuable resources. And until next time, talk back to false teachers, don't be deceived, and walk worthy.